The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, February 18th. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my guest, Dr. Jerry Tennant. Dr. Tennant did the majority of the research for the eczema laser for VISX that is used for LASIK surgery. As Dr. Tennant will reveal in this interview, decades ago, he developed encephalitis and more, forcing him to retire from ophthalmology. With a grim prognosis from doctors, Dr. Tennant healed himself, and he's here today to share with you the principles he used to heal himself and which he has been applying to help others. Welcome, Dr. Tennant. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, you're welcome as well. I appreciate your being here. Dr. Tennant, you have a healing voltage approach. Can you please explain to our listeners what you mean by energy medicine? Well, the term energy medicine has been around for at least 5,000 years that we know about. Uh, the oldest uh, known medical books is the Yellow Emperor's Book of Acupuncture from 5,000 years ago. So the concept of energy in medicine is is actually perhaps one of the original ones and not a new one. However, the idea of energy in the United States disappeared uh, in the early 1900s because um, under the urging of the primary investors in the pharmaceutical companies, the Congress passed a bill that made it illegal to, for federal funds to go to anyone who said there was energy in the body, and that really shut down the idea of energy in the body in this country as compared to the rest of the world until Nixon came back from China and instructed the NIH to make acupuncture part of traditional medicine. So it's an old concept, but beginning to just beginning to be reintroduced uh, into the United States. Dr. Tennant, I'm going to make an observation, and you don't need to respond to this, but you said something that sparked a thought in my mind when you said that energy disappeared in, what was it, like the early 1900s, and my mind networked history, similar history that I've read about osteopathy and about homeopathy, perhaps, and it just, it seems like these healing various uh, modalities that people look to um, for quote-unquote alternative uh, medicine were getting squashed in the early part of the 1900s. 
I don't even like to use the term alternative medicine because it's real medicine. So you can comment or not as you see fit. Well, yeah, you know, in uh, the early 1900s, John D. Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie uh, were the principal stockholders in the um, pharmaceutical in the in the new pharmaceutical uh, industry. And at that point, we had 13 homeopathic medical schools, and homeopathy was the leading form of medicine in this country and indeed around the world. Um, but uh, they commissioned uh, a fellow named Flexner to create a report about medical care, and they took that report to Congress and were able to um, lobby Congress into saying that uh, there is no such thing as energy in the body. and. As soon as they, as federal funding stopped and then they started arresting any doctor who used an electronic device, uh, pretty soon that sent a chill through the industry and uh, so they effectively got rid of the idea of energy in the body in this country, whereas it had been the primary form of medicine throughout the world up to that point. Wow. It just seems so counterintuitive and actually nonsensical to say that there's no energy in the body. Uh, just look at the composition of the body and the relationship of energy with those components. But, and we're going to talk about that uh, more in the uh, fascinating and exciting approach that you use. So what happened to you, Dr. Tennant, personally that led you to this approach? Well, as you mentioned, I'm an ophthalmologist, and I did the majority of the research for the laser used in LASIK surgery for the company called Visex. Uh, and one of the things we didn't understand at the time was that the laser would not kill viruses, but would rather just release them from cells. And so I was treating a fellow who had leukemia but also had severe scarring of his corneas, and I was using the laser to remove these superficial scars, and the viruses from the from his cornea went through my mask, into my nose, into my brain, and I developed uh, encephalitis and also a bleeding disorder. And so what happened was that I got to where I could see a patient and know what was wrong with them, but I couldn't remember how to write a prescription. And also, I developed spastic movements, which doesn't work really well if you're operating inside somebody's eyeball. And so, for those reasons, I had to quit working at the end of November 1995 and spent about uh, 16 hours a day sleeping. And I only had two or three hours a day in which I could think clearly enough to understand a newspaper. And then, like a light switch, it would go off and I couldn't understand it anymore. So I went to the best docs I could find uh, at, uh, in Boston and New York and at the NIH, and they all said, well, you have three viruses in your brain. We don't know what to do about it, so good luck. And so it became obvious that if I was going to get well, I was going to have to figure out how to do it in those two or three hours a day that I could think. And that started me on the journey of figuring out what to do. And I had, for some reason, this idea that if I could figure out how to make one cell work, I could make them all work. And so I went out and bought several books on cellular biology, which I hadn't read for 30 years, and noticed that in each of these books there was everything, anywhere from a paragraph to a page that said cells are designed to run in, uh, at a uh, pH of 
um, 7.35 to 7.45. Well, I didn't really remember much about pH except it had something to do with acid-base balance, but when I started reading about it, I discovered that pH is actually a measurement of the voltage of a, in a liquid, and uh, so you actually use a sophisticated voltmeter and measure the voltage of a liquid and convert that to a logarithmic scale between 1 and 14 and call it pH. So all of a sudden it became obvious when it said that cells have to run at a, at a, a pH of 7.35 that that is the same thing as minus 20 millivolts. 7.45 is the same thing as minus 25 millivolts. And I said, oh, cells need energy to work. That makes sense. And uh, so that was sort of the beginning of me understanding this new paradigm or a different paradigm about how the body works. And that's where I began. Wow. So you're talking about energy and millivolts and voltage. What happens when a person has a lack of voltage or energy at the cellular level? Well, let me ask you, what happens to your refrigerator if it's running at 80 volts instead of 110? Or what happens to your automobile if you put a 9-volt battery in a 12-volt car? It just doesn't work, does it? Well, I have uh, a scientific term for that, Dr. Tennant. It goes kaput. A kaput, yeah, I like that. Well, first of all, let me just say that some people get confused about this voltage issue, particularly about the minus 20 to minus 25 millivolts. That is the environment in which the cell operates. And so if you take and isolate a cell in a laboratory and put an electrode inside the cell, an electrode outside the cell, you will measure somewhere around minus 90 millivolts. But the operating environment of cells, uh, any cellular biology textbook will tell you it's minus 20 to minus 25 millivolts. So the things that, that one needs to understand the following things. First of all, um, the... The, every cell in the body has to have voltage to work, and it runs at this minus, approximately minus 25 millivolts. But our cells in our body are constantly wearing out. So you get new cells in the macula of your eye every two to three days. The lining of your intestine is replaced every three days. Your skin is replaced every six weeks. Your liver is replaced every eight weeks. Your nervous system every eight months and so forth. So we're constantly wearing ourselves out and have to make new cells to replace those. Now, to make a new cell requires minus 50 millivolts of energy plus all of the materials it takes to make a cell. And so once you understand what I just said, that we constantly have to, to do maintenance on ourselves, then you come to realize that chronic disease occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells at work. Well, that's so important, I'd like to repeat it. Chronic disease of any kind occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells that work. Well, that obviously leads us to the question, then, well, what does it take to make a new cell? And we've already discussed one of the, of the uh, cardinal things that occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells, and that is you don't have enough voltage to do it. The second thing is you have to look at what does it take to actually make a cell. So the inside of most cells is made of amino acids. Well, what's the body's source of amino acids? Well, 
when you eat a protein, stomach acid has to break that protein into amino acids. So if you don't have stomach acid, you lose your source of the amino acids you need to keep your to keep making new cells. And that leads us to the question, well, what's it take to make stomach acid? And it takes actually vitamin B1, iodine, zinc, salt, and the voltage to do it. So if you're deficient in those or you take drugs to shut down your stomach acid, then indeed you're going to become chronically ill because you don't have the materials that it takes to make the inside of cells. Then the outside of cells are made of fat. Well, how does that work? Well, to absorb fat, your liver has to make bile and your gallbladder has to dump it into the digestive process when you eat something. Otherwise, you can't absorb fat. So... If you don't have a liver and a gallbladder that work, then you're going to become deficient in fat and the fat-soluble vitamins, uh, A, D, uh, E, and K. So how does that fit in? Well, the liver makes a quart and a half of bile a day, and so it needs a storage tank, namely your gallbladder. But when when stomach acid hits the small intestine, it sends an electronic signal to the liver to dump uh, bile into the gallbladder and the gallbladder to dump it into the digestive process, but it also tells the liver to make more bile. So again, if you don't have stomach acid, you don't get that signal to tell the liver and the gallbladder what to do, and so you have difficulty absorbing fat. Well, what else does it take to make a cell? Well, uh, you have to have vitamins and minerals that work. And it turns out that the ability of minerals to uh, get across the cell membrane is controlled by a substance called fulvic, F-U-L-V-I-C. And because our farming practices, our food supply is very deficient in fulvic, so most people are mineral deficient and vitamin deficient. And then you also have to have, um, you have to have oxygen. Well, the amount of oxygen that will dissolve in water is dictated by the voltage of the water. So if you take a glass of water and put a tube in it and start bubbling oxygen in, if you raise the voltage, more oxygen will go into solution, and if you lower the voltage, oxygen goes uh, out of the water and disappears. So um, unfortunately, I've got somebody... uh, doing maintenance on my bushes outside my window, so I apologize for the noise. Um, this, would, this would be a good time, Dr. Tennant, to take a break here at Voice America, but I just want to recap very quickly before we go into this break what you have said, and please correct me if any of it is wrong uh, very briefly, um, and then we'll pick up again when we come back into from the break, you said that chronic disease of any kind occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells. Then you informed our listeners about things that you need to make new cells. You need amino acids. You need stomach to facilitate these various processes, and these things work together. We shouldn't just do these things willy-nilly, but as a coordinated, harmonious uh, uh, program, uh, knowing how they interrelate. You need amino acids. You need stomach acid. You need... uh, vitamin B1. You need iodine, salt, and I think you may have said zinc. You need, is that correct, zinc? That's correct. Okay. You need voltage. You need fat. And to have fat, you need proper liver function, proper 
uh, production of bile, proper gallbladder function. You need to be able to um, you need to be able to process the fat-soluble vitamins of A, D, E, and K, and various vitamins and minerals, fulvic acid, oxygen, and then it all gets back to voltage. So is that a good summary? That's a terrific summary. Okay, great. Well, we are going to be back with Dr. Jerry Tennant here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel when we come back to break. Please visit his website, www.tenant, T-E-N-N-A-N-T, Institute, tenantinstitute.com. We want to thank this radio program sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism, which uses fast-forward technology. Please visit them at www.brainprolearning.com or click on the Brain Pro banner on my host page. We'll be right back. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260 day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Dr. Jerry Tennant of the Tennant Institute at www.tennantinstitute.com. Dr. Tennant also wrote a book called The Healing is Voltage Handbook. Healing is Voltage Handbook, and that is available on Amazon. It's in its third edition. It's one of the top-selling books on Amazon. And um, if you would like to understand more about Dr. Tennant's theories on voltage, pH, and healing, you can also order it from his clinic. www.tennantinstitute.com is the website. And Dr. Tennant, you brought out some fascinating information in the first segment. Um, I really like it when my guests help me see things in a new way. And as I was preparing for this interview, I was just really excited about your information. So thank you. I'd like to reiterate that in the first segment, you said that chronic disease of any kind occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells. And to make new cells, you need things like amino acids, proper stomach acid, iodine, B1, salt, zinc, voltage, uh, fat, proper liver 
and uh, gallbladder function and bile and a way to process the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K. Vitamins, minerals, fulvic acid, oxygen, and it all went back to voltage. You're going to be telling us about even more in this coming segment. So what robbed you of your voltage? Was it that the viruses to which you were exposed robbed you of your voltage? What are reasons that voltage and energy will drop in people? Um, in order to really understand that, rather than me just give you a, uh, a two or three word uh, reply, if I may, I'd like to tell you what happens as voltage drops and then it'll make sense. When uh, voltage drops, one of the things that I just mentioned that drops is oxygen levels. And so um, the amount of oxygen that will dissolve in water, and because cells are 70% water, that's the amount of oxygen that will dissolve in your cell is dictated by the voltage of the cell. And so as voltage drops, oxygen comes out of solution and you have less oxygen available in the cell. Well, there are several bad things that happen when you lose oxygen availability. First of all, inside of our cells, we have a rechargeable battery system that provides the energy for all of the metabolic processes that go on, and that rechargeable battery system is called ATP and ADP. So when the battery is charged up and has electrons available to use, it's called ATP but as it discharges itself and becomes a discharged battery, it's called ADP. So obviously, we need a battery charger inside the cell, and that's called the Krebs cycle. So the Krebs cycle likes to run on fat. So for every unit of fat you put into the Krebs cycle, if you have oxygen available, for every unit of fat, you get enough electrons to charge up 38 of those ATP batteries. But if oxygen is not available for every unit of fat you put into the Krebs cycle, you only get enough electrons to charge up two of those batteries. So obviously one of the things that happens as your oxygen levels drop is that your metabolic efficiency drops. So you go from 38 miles to the gallon to two miles to the gallon. Well, there's a, another thing that happens uh, as oxygen drops, and that is that bugs wake up. So each of us contain about a trillion bugs, but they're all asleep as long as we have adequate levels of oxygen. But as oxygen levels drop, because voltage drops, then these bugs wake up and the first thing they want to do is have lunch, and of course they want to have you for lunch. Well, bugs can't put out, uh, I don't have teeth to take a bite out of your cells, so in order to get lunch out of a cell, they put out their own digestive enzymes that dissolve our cells. And um, then um, they are able to get the nutrients. But, of course, as they're dissolving our cells, we perceive that as uh, disease, don't we? So if you have uh, some strep bacteria having a picnic on your tonsil, well, they're, as they're dissolving your tonsillar cells, you have the world's worst um, sore throat. And then their digestive enzymes get in your bloodstream and go down and damage your heart valves and damage your knees and so forth. And so this can only occur when your voltage drops enough to allow your oxygen to drop so it allows the bugs to have their way with you. And then finally, as voltage drops from normal of 
minus 25 millivolts of electron donor to plus 30 millivolts of electron stealer, that's when cancer occurs. So the whole process from being tired to having cancer is really a process of the amount of voltage available. And so infections can only occur when voltage drops and cancer can only occur when, it, when the polarity changes and you get down to plus 30 millivolts. Well, with that as a background, then I'm better able to answer the question of what happened to me, and that is that um, I had a root canal in the same acupuncture meridian as the, uh, that provides voltage to my brain, and that ac uh, an infected tooth acts like a circuit breaker and dropped the voltage enough that when I was exposed to the viruses coming from the uh, laser surgery, those viruses were able to have their way with me since I didn't have enough voltage, and they then caused the encephalitis. So I would not have developed the encephalitis, the viral encephalitis, and the bleeding disorder had I not had low voltage in that circuit. And so... Uh, soon we'll be discussing how the body's wiring system works and how the body's voltage uh, batteries work, etc. But the, the answer to your question is that because I had a root canal, it dropped my voltage, which dropped my oxygen, which allowed uh, me to be susceptible to the encephalitis. Had I not had the root canal, I would still be uh, just another ophthalmologist uh, having fun removing cataracts. Wow, this is really fascinating. Um, so if people still believe in root canals in the first place, it sounds like they would want to be in really good health when they had that procedure done or they would want to, what would you say? Well, look, the, the dentists are the only physicians that believe you can get away with leaving dead tissue in the body. No other doctor believes that. I challenge you to find a doctor who says it's a good idea to leave dead tissue in the body. And, of course, a root canal is a dead tooth. The way you do a root canal procedure is you drill a hole in the top of the tooth and you put an auger in and you rip out the artery and rip out the nerve and kill the tooth. And then you stuff it full of some stuff and the dentists delude themselves into thinking that uh, somehow you can sterilize dead tissue. Well, you can't. And no matter what you do to the top of the tooth, the tooth is still attached to the lymphatics and uh, there's still uh, access to, uh, to microbacteria. Plus, an interesting thing about teeth is that uh, it was proven that, uh, by work done at Loma Linda Dental School that every tooth contains a pump and the pump pumps fluid from inside the tooth to outside the tooth. And they did that by injecting dye in various portions of the body of animals, and then within six minutes, the dye would show up in the associated tooth, and within 30 minutes, the dye was in the mouth. Well, uh, when you turn that pump off, then uh, you have a reverse flow, and so microorganisms from the mouth can easily flow through the enamel and into the tooth and infected. In fact, that's why you get caries. Uh, you don't get cavities primarily because you eat too many candy bars. You get cavities because the pump uh, becomes defective. And so 
The point is that it is simply impossible to leave dead tissue in the body and not have it get infected. So if your big toe dies and you don't amputate it, guess what happens? You get gangrene. If your appendix dies and you don't amputate it, guess what happens? You get peritonitis. And if your tooth dies and you don't amputate it, guess what? You also get sick. It just takes a little bit longer. I actually did a little study where I went to an oncologist's office and looked at his cancer patients. And what we found was that 70% of cancer patients in his practice had a root canal in the same acupuncture meridian as their primary cancer, and 30% had an infected crown in that circuit. And in my experience, I've only seen uh, five patients that I could not find a dental cause for their malignancy. And so the point is that uh, I agree with the guy who invented the root canal procedure, George Meinig, the dentist, who spent the last years of his career trying to get doctors to quit doing them and wrote the book called Root Canal Cover-Up. So if you want to read more details about this subject, I think that's a good place to start. Well, Dr. Tennant, we need to take a break, but if someone is listening to this program right now and they have an appointment in two weeks for a root canal or to get a root canal redone or to get an extraction done or to get a crown done, um, are you allowed to comment briefly on what they should do to prevent a further problem? Are you allowed to comment on that? Sure. The um, If you have a tooth that hurts, sometimes if you uh, insert enough electrons uh, with things like my biomodulator, you can raise the voltage enough that it will actually heal itself and, you're, and you've solved the problem. On the other hand, if you simply have a tooth that is painful and there, uh, then there is uh, no resolution to the problem, you're much better off to pull it than you are to have a root canal. Just, you know, it just doesn't, if you think about it, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever to leave dead tissue in your body, including a dead tooth. Okay. Very good. We're going to take a break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We want to thank this program's sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism, which uses fast-forward technology. Please visit them at www.brainprolearning.com. We'll be right back with Dr. Jerry Tennant. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for New Reflections, featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic. 
from skincare to plastic surgery, health, and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. I am back with Dr. Jerry Tennant of the Tennant Institute. He's also the author of The Healing is Voltage Handbook, which can be found on Amazon and at his website, www.tennantinstitute.com. And I promise, listeners, we are going to be talking about autism specifically in this program, but I want to recap the second segment. And Dr. Tennant, correct me at any point if I'm wrong, you said that a decrease in voltage causes a decrease in oxygen. Decreased voltage equals less oxygen equals less ATP, which is our rechargeable battery. That's part of the Krebs cycle, and it runs on fat, and that charges ATP. And um, if we are uh, do not have enough of this, and I believe ATP is related to mitochondria, um, if we don't have enough of this in good shape, our metabolic efficiency drops, our oxygen drops, and our bugs wake up. When our bugs wake up, our bugs, the digestive enzyme of our bugs, dissolve our cells to get energy, and the bugs' enzymes go into our bloodstream, which I think hurts our organs and our joints. And so um, infection occurs when voltage drops and cancer occurs when our polarity is messed up. Very good. Okay. And that's the the reason the biomodulator helps. Yeah, one of the things that uh, will put this into an understandable perspective for you is is to realize that the body is a portable electronic device. And all portable electronic devices have to have a battery system. And so, indeed, uh, since the human body is a portable electronic device, it does indeed have a portable battery system. It turns out that our muscles are both piezoelectric and rechargeable. So what does that mean? If you take a piece of quartz and squeeze it with a pair of pliers, it emits electrons. And that process of the distortion of a substance creating electrons is called piezoelectricity. So every time you move a muscle, it emits electrons. And fortunately, our muscles are also uh, rechargeable batteries. So our muscles are our portable battery system. And our muscles are surrounded by a uh, substance called fascia, which is fibrous tissue. Fibrous tissue is what in electronics we call a semiconductor, and that means that a semiconductor is a, um, a device that uh, has its molecules designed so that they rapidly move electrons from place to place, but only in one direction. So we, our muscles are, are batteries, and they're surrounded by this sheath or this stocking, uh, which 
functions like a wire. And so every organ in the body or every portion of an organ in the body has its own power supply. So, for example, the uh, and by the way, these stacks of muscle batteries are what have been called acupuncture meridians. So, for example, the circuit that is called the stomach circuit uh, begins in the foot with a muscle called uh, the extensor hallucis longus, and that goes to the what's called the tibialis anterior, to the rectus femoris, up to the uh, rectus abdominis, the pectoralis muscle, the platysma, and up to the frontal lobes of the brain. And, and uh, as it passes through, it also gets uh, the macula of the eye. So the front part of the brain's power supply is on the same circuit as uh, as the stomach, as the breast, as uh, these things I've mentioned. So, for example, in my particular case, I got to where I couldn't think, and of course the frontal lobes of the brain is where you think, and it was because I had a root canal that is also in the same circuit as this uh, stomach circuit. So that root canal act like a circuit breaker and shut off the power going to the front part of my brain. So when I was able to measure it, I w- instead of running at 25 millivolts, my brain was running at between 2 and 4 millivolts, so now I knew why it didn't work. And what you'll see is that that's true. So if no matter what your problem is, if you've got heart disease and you measure the, the voltage in the stack of batteries that provide voltage for your heart, they'll be low. And if you measure, if you've got liver problem, you measure the the stack of batteries that provides the voltage for your liver. Guess what? They'll be low. And so then you simply have to go figure out why is it low. And um, the most common thing that you see in people who have low voltage is that they're hypothyroid, and it's usually undiagnosed. And the reason it's undiagnosed is because the labs are 10 years late updating their normals. And so uh, oftentimes the docs will look at the normal and say, well, you're in the normal range, but uh, you're not in the normal range because the labs are, re- are uh, still reporting really old, outdated normals. The other problem is, too, that uh, docs will look at what's called TSH and T4, but those can be normal, but if you can't convert to the active form of T3, then you can be 80% deficient and still have a normal TSH. And then there are other things, and we probably don't have time for me to go into all of those details, but the point is that if you don't have adequate power in the battery that supplies the voltage to an organ, first of all, the organ doesn't have enough energy to work normally, and secondly, it certainly doesn't have enough energy to make new cells to keep itself repaired. Now, the brain itself, which, of course, this particular uh, conversation is focused on, uh, is why is the brain malfunctioning? The brain itself has uh, three different power supplies. The frontal lobes of the brain get their voltage from what an acupuncture is called the spleen-stomach circuit. The lateral portions or each side of the brain uh, with its temporal lobe and part of the parietal lobe uh, gets its power supply from what's called the liver gallbladder circuit. And then if you imagine in your mind what a bald-headed man looks like, the area that's bald and all the brain that's underneath it 
gets its power supply from what's called the kidney bladder circuit. And so in each of those situations, you can look at uh, the power supply for the, those parts of the brain and begin to figure out uh, which ones are malfunctioning. And so, for example, in my field of ophthalmology, the optic nerve gets its power from the, from the liver circuit, whereas the macula gets its power from the stomach circuit. And so it's easy to fix those problems when you understand which, what the power supply is and you can go look and see where that power supply is being uh, shorted out or malfunctioned so it won't work anymore. Um, so in this situation of autism, oftentimes what you'll see is the following. If you measure the voltages of autistic kids that are basically three and under, somewhere in that range, you will see that almost always they're running every circuit at high voltage. They're running almost every circuit over 50 millivolts. If you look at an autistic kid that's, say, four, five, six years old or older, their voltages are always low, and then if you check, they've become hypothyroid. And, of course, in the meantime, they've burned out their adrenals. And thyroid and adrenals are like two horses pulling a wagon. You have to have both of them pulling equally. So you have to really support uh, the thyroid and the adrenals in autistic kids if they're going to have adequate voltage to make things run correctly and to maintain themselves. Now, in these younger kids, what you see is uh, that they have a um, um, uh, an excess of the brain of the neurochemical uh, glutamate. So let's talk about that for just a minute. The couple of the neurochemicals in the brain are glutamate and GABA. Glutamate is necessary for learning and memory, but it stimulates the brain, whereas GABA is necessary for speech and it calms the brain. And normally glutamate is converted into GABA using vitamin B6. But this process of conversion from glutamate to GABA is often blocked by things like heavy metals and viruses. Uh, so when you recognize what I just said, you begin to see why you see the things that are characteristic of this spectrum. Because kids that have an excess glutamate are hyper, but they also uh, are very smart and they remember almost everything so that you have this incredible uh, intelligence because their brain is basically in overdrive because of the excess glutamate, but they have trouble talking because they don't have enough GABA to do it. Now, when you have too much glutamate, what happens is that increases the insulin and lowers glucose in the brain. And when you have that process, um, it continues in a cycle to increase more glutamate and finally causes you to lose what's called glutathione. And once you lose glutathione, you have calcium flowing inside the cells, uh, which causes uh, death of the neurons. And one of the things that helps protect that is adequate levels of uh, magnesium. And of course, when we go back to our old friend glutathione, which is the the, the agent that controls whether or not you have the calcium influx to make glutathione 
requires three amino acids. Well, three amino, where we've already discussed your body's source for amino acids, haven't we? Stomach acid. So you have to have adequate levels of vitamin B1, iodine, zinc, salt, and the voltage to make stomach acid so that you have an ongoing source of amino acids to make the glutathione you need to protect the, the neurons. Now, if you look at this pattern uh, that we're just discussing, one of the things that's interesting is that as you raise the voltage, it removes glutamate from the, the receptor sites. And, of course, one of the ways we raise the voltage, other than correcting thyroid levels, is to use a device like the, the device I developed called the biomodulator. The biomodulator has the ability to measure the voltage in every organ and then to put it in treatment mode and insert electrons in a pattern that they'll be absorbed by the cell membranes and raise the voltage of the cell, and that causes the glutamate to be uh, removed from the receptor sites, and thus you see the calming effect uh, in uh, autistic kids as you correct the voltage. Of course, there are other things that will one can do, for example, in the ability to convert uh, glutamate to GABA, you have to have methyl uh, form of B6. And this process is blocked by viruses and heavy metals, but that can be overcome with uh, this stuff called fulvic acid. Uh, normally, it exists as a combination of humic and fulvic uh, in about an 80-20 ratio, but you can get 100% fulvic which will help uh, remove uh, and inactivate heavy metals. And, of course, we've already discussed why you have to fix stomach acid uh, in order to um, make the amino acids and also realize that 80% of the GABA in your body is made in your pancreas rather than in your brain. And, of course, one of the signals that tells the pancreas to make GABA is, our, again, our old friend stomach acid. So correcting stomach acid is very helpful and solving much of this complex stuff of uh, glutamate versus GABA uh, in, uh, in the uh, Spectrum Kids. All right. Did I explain that well enough? The information you're providing is fascinating, and what you have done, Dr. Tennant, is you have put forth a unifying theory of of the wisdom of so many modalities. You've spoken to acupuncture. You've spoken to cranial osteopathy. You have, you know, brought in hypothyroidism. You have just unified people's thoughts on um, aspects of so many issues. And I, I was just, really impressed listening to you. And um, so thank you for sharing this information here with us today. And we will uh, come back with Dr. Tennant at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel after this break. Thank you to our sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you look your best? Do you feel your best? While everybody ages, why does it seem to show more in some people than others? It could have to do with what's inside and how it affects you outside. Tune in to Health and Beauty for Life with Dr. Tang and Alexandra. 
Their training in medicine and nutrition brings proven results with their patients. And now they're ready to bring that knowledge to you. We'll answer your questions and explore innovations in technology and medicine to keep you looking and feeling your best. Tune in Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There's no age or income restrictions and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 96 362. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Jaw-dropping, fascinating, unifying information. That is what I have been hearing listening to Dr. Jerry Tennant of the Tennant Institute. Uh, Dr. Tennant, as I said to you during the break, I was just in awe listening to you uh, during the uh, previous portion of the program, and uh, you will be at Autism One in Chicago, and listeners will have the opportunity to hear you there and actually meet you. Um, and you've brought together so many different aspects. I know that you also talk about good water, for example, uh, and the structure of water. Uh, what are some things that parents can incorporate on their own to help their child? Is there a comprehensive program, uh, program that people have to use in their approach to healing their health? Well, yes. Uh, you see, the the thing that I see over and over again is that uh, people try conventional medicine and eventually become discouraged and said, well, that didn't help me, and so I'm going to try, quote, alternative medicine. And they'll try homeopathy, and that didn't work, and they'll try um, essential oils, and that didn't work, and they'll try acupuncture, and that didn't work, et cetera, et cetera. In my view, the problem is as follows. Let's say you roll your car in and um, total it, but you decide you have to drive it. So you put new tires on it. Well, it still won't run because guess what? It doesn't have any gas in the gas tank. So you put gas in the gas tank and find there's a hole in the tank and it doesn't. It rolls out quickly. So you fix that. still won't start. Well, you discover it doesn't have a battery. So you put a battery in and it still won't start. And, and so forth. And so you keep working your way through. And that's what happens with various forms. People go one place and go another place and keep trying one thing. And putting new tires on a wrecked car won't make it run if you don't have any gas and you don't have a battery. The point is that you have to, in my experience, you have to address all of these things all at the same time. So you have to have all of the things that it takes to make a new cell and to get rid of all of the things that damage cells as fast as you make them. 
and then you'll be successful because the body knows how to repair itself. That is, it knows how to make new cells at work if you just give it the tools. And the tools are voltage, all the stuff you need to make the inside of a cell, to make the outside of a cell, to put the vitamins, the minerals, the uh, oxygen, the water, uh, and get rid of the toxins that have accumulated. Then the body makes a new cell that works, and guess what? People get well. Perfect example of what I'm talking about is uh, I was asked to see a, a little girl who had drowned, and she had been without a pulse for 45 minutes, and then they resuscitated her. And uh, when I met her, she'd been in a coma for two years. And so we put her, we, we put uh, patches on her feet on the, the, the uh, acupuncture battery system that goes to the brain. And we started giving her nutrients that contain everything necessary for life. Namely, we were giving her raw milk, in particular with eggs, because those, and then the phytoplankton, because those are the three things on the planet that have everything in them necessary for life. And guess what? In a few weeks, she woke up. And when she woke up, she was deaf and blind, but we continued this process, and soon her vision came back, and then her hearing came back. And now at age nine, she can do math in her head that I can't even think about doing. So she's a perfect example of how here's somebody who's been, who's basically dead for 45 minutes and then been in a coma for two years. And if you give her all of the tools it makes to new, make new cells, then you have this amazing ability of the body to heal itself, even in these amazingly terrible circumstances. And so this is what I do, this is what I see every day in my clinic, and it's a matter of if I can get people to fix everything all at once, then most of the time they get well. Well, I've got to tell you, I've, I've been doing interviews since um, 2005. This has to be one of the best interviews I've ever done. And uh, I want to thank you for sharing your inspiring your inspiring story, the inspiring story that you just shared with listeners, and using what you found to help others, Dr. Tennant. Well, thank you very much. I, um, I appreciate that, and, uh, you know, uh, even though, uh, you know, I'll be 74 in a couple of months, uh, it still thrills me to get up and come to work because I see uh, people who have been desperate for such a long time and as I was and see it get turned around. And so for me, I have perhaps the best job in the world, and thank you for allowing me to share what I uh, have learned how to do. So glad that you'll be at Autism One, and I'm just so glad that you'll be there. Um Thank you for providing this information, and um, thank you for discovering this information. So, to our listeners, Dr. Tennant is speaking in Chicago at the Autism One 2014 conference, and you can meet him in person to examine this exciting healing modality. You can also find Dr. Tennant's book, The Healing is Voltage Handbook on Amazon, and his website is www.tennantinstitute.com. Dr. Tennant's book, The Healing is Voltage Handbook, is now in its third edition, and it's one of the top-selling books on Amazon. 
for parents wanting to understand more about Dr. Tennant's theories on voltage, pH, and healing, they can order it from his clinic. Please visit www.tennantinstitute.com. And please remember to register for the Autism One 2014 conference in Chicagoland, May 21st through 25th. It's five days with over 100 speakers on a diversity of topics with exciting cutting-edge research and treatment information. But you're going to have to push me over and get in line to see Dr. Tennant because I'm going to be in line first. And our website is www.autism1.org. Thank you to this program sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism. Using fast-forward technology, please visit them at www.brainprolearning.com or click the Pretty Brain Pro banner on my host page. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.